Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for another round of discussion, review, sauntering into the past, my dear, dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and the other guy, Lieutenant Commander David. How's it going, gents? I don't like this other guy thing. Seems kind of, seems kind of, I don't know, feels derogatory, like... Maybe do, I, do I need to like file a suit or something? You mean it's either that or you can go eat some like carports, car parts. Maybe, maybe that'll make it feel better. It'll probably, yeah. Lithium like just, ion. Yeah. I heard that's good stuff. Yeah. Just chase it with some antifreeze and you'll be good to go, man. No, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. This is a kid's show. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to give a disclaimer if we were talking about certain laundry detergent packets, you know what I'm saying? That was just an internet myth, right? People weren't actually no. eating those, were they? They were. They were, Eric. People are dumb. Dumberific. Well, dumb, dumb, dumber, dumbest. <clears throat> yeah, you do laundry and, you know, you do, you know, you wash things in a washer with laundry detergent you don't do it in your mouth it's bad just saying that's bad okay it's bad okay no okay guys no don't don't eat tide pods okay okay <laughs> how's, how's everyone's week been <laughs> yeah not bad yeah pretty good did did you uh, did you visit the granny cult again, David? Get you some uh, some more breakfast popcorn or anything like that? Oh no, no, not not yet. But you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get you a box in the mail. Mm. You know, a good excuse to uh, to get more of that popcorn for yourself, right? Is uh, to review it on a certain YouTube channel that you that you have. I'm just saying. I ate it too fast. Hmm. I ate it too fast before I got to that, so maybe some other time. Yeah, yeah. So for any, everyone out there in listener land, you know, apart from David coming on and talking track with us, you know, from time to time, whenever he's not like, you know, stuck in a shuttle pod in the middle of the beta quadrant or whatever, he uh, he does this little Star, uh, uh, the Star Wars podcast. You might have heard of it. I'm just kidding. It's huge. Bigger. I think it's bigger than our show. It's definitely bigger know. than our show. Yeah. Um, it's been but, going uh, on longer. It has. You have like, uh, was it like 200 some odd episodes or close to it, I think? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. You're, um, why don't you just go ahead and like take a time, take the time for just a second, kind of like tell the listeners like what you have coming down the pike with uh, with your show over these next handful of weeks or so. Oh, it right now it's all Kenobi. Um, when, when, when are you dropping this episode? Just in, uh, you know, today, the day that they're listening to it. No. <laughs> well, well, yeah, duh, but we record and then it goes out. Come on. Okay. So anyway, let me pull up a calendar, Chase, so I can get the official here. So Monday, the 25th of April <laughs> is when the, <laughs> that, uh, you know, we, we went through the Obi-Wan and Anakin comic. It was a short, like, five-issue series, which amazing artwork. One of, the, one of the best artwork 
I mean, just in general, inside uh, inside the comic, you know, through the pages, it's all really good. The the covers are great. Um, been talking about doing that for a while, so doing that. Um, oh, geez, what else are we doing? It's mainly Kenobi, though. We're we're all ratcheting up for the uh, Kenobi series. It'll be coming out towards the end of May, the twenty seventh, when they drop uh, episodes one and two of that. So, you know, we read the Kenobi book, which was great. Um, there's a, going to be a new Kenobi comic. There's a book called Brotherhood, which is Anakin and Obi-Wan. Uh, the Rising Storm, I think, is one we're going to get into, which is Clone Wars era. And then uh, whatever, I don't know. I'm too lazy to look at my list. Whatever's next week. Oh, from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is another kind of like compilation comic thing, which uh, should be kind of cool. So, yeah, all Kenobi all the time, at least for the next uh, give or take two months, I guess. Nice, nice. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's what's going on there. Definitely saturating the uh, the Obi Wan stuff and like really capitalizing on that with this the show coming out. That's that's cool. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, like I know we've talked about you having the Star Wars uh, podcast, but seriously, y'all, like it's it's a great show. You should check it out if you're if you're a Star Wars fan or whatever. Go check it out. I mean, they you know you and your your brother do like a really good really good stuff like i really enjoy listening to your show and um anyways um i hope the check's in the mail for that by the way david well neither of us have said the name of the podcast yet so why don't you why don't you say it or i can say three three two one the contingency plan there we go (laughs) anyway yeah there's one person out there what is it (laughs) what What's the, what's it called? <laughs> it's such a great show. It doesn't even have a name. <laughs> oh. No, but seriously, the contingency plan podcast. Um, I think y'all drop episodes every Monday or, yeah. or, or close to it. Yep. So, but yeah, like go get more popcorn and, and, you know, get on your YouTube channel. Um, and, or you, you know, I know you review, um, like MREs and hot sauce and coffee and things like that mm-hmm. too. So. I'll put I'll put a link to um, to Dave's show on uh, shows, whatever, um, in the in the information of this episode. So um, links will be there. So, anyways, we've been we've been spoiling David, asking him all this stuff. Eric, what's been going on in your world, man? You got like a secret YouTube channel you want to tell us about? I wish. No, <laughs> no I don't. <laughs> um, I have nothing secret going on. Mm. Nothing. That's how secret it is. I know, right? Like, I know you're both aware of something I'm I'm trying to work on that's just not going anywhere at the moment. I mean, it's, yeah. It's not. Not yet. I not mean, yet. you know, things, things take time. I don't have ready-made, like, a brother to co-host it with me <laughs> or a friend who I can accuse of, like, getting me into Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the words of Madonna, time goes by so slowly. Oh, I wait, thought you were going to just say material girl. Anyway, wait, I mean, wait, Madonna did not say that. Who swore she said that? Is that the song? Time Are you talking about like the song Unchained Melody and <laughs> the Righteous Brothers? No, there was a song like a Madonna, right? There was a Madonna song like. 
early 2000s, right? Like time goes by so slowly. Oh yeah, busted. yeah. It's a disco song. It's it was like, like a, yeah, it was like, like early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, I I was like, you know, the Righteous Brothers song, right? On Chain <laughs> Melody. <laughs> yeah, you you yeah, your inflection, Chase. You know, you, you got to be more poppy about it. You so, know. <sighs> okay, you know what? We're gonna do something, and. Um, <laughs> Are you set up to get a copyright strike here? What are we doing? What copyright strike? There are no copyright strikes in the 25th century. See, we listen to music to uh, to benefit humanity, not to bring it down. Mm. So I'm doing this. I'm doing this for Eric. So uh, computer, play Madonna. Let's skip ahead a little bit. Here. Hold on, it's coming. Nailed it. See, Madonna did say it. Thank you, computer. Thank you. Yeah, I, that don't, song doesn't sound familiar at all. Of course not. That's okay. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the biggest Madonna fan, but I feel like I know about her popular songs, <laughs> you know? I think this was around the time that, like, her and Britney Spears may or may not have done, like, a little publicity stunt. Okay. If that brings it back. Anyway, I think we've I think we've jibber-jabbered long enough about some of this stuff, right? Right. So okay. how was your week, Chase? <laughs> <laughs> we got like what ten minutes to fill. Is that what you're gonna say? Yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> it's been busy, but good. Um, yeah, been good. Lots of conversations about things, and again, don't want to. I don't believe in jinxing things, but I don't want to tempt fate. I think we had that conversation last time, um, type of thing. But I was in a um, a long meeting today. Um, it was like a mini conference of sorts, but. It was all right. It was all right. And uh, anyway, all is well. All is well for now. So very cryptic. Ooh. But gents, y'all ready to talk Trek? Let's do it. Let's do, do it. it. Let's talk Trek. All right, everyone. If this is your first time listening to the show, we are entering into spoilerific territory. So this is your red alert. Red alarm. Um, as we talk about Star Trek Picard season two, episode eight, Mercy. Make it so, make it so. so I can't help but when, when I saw first off when I saw the name of this episode, there was like, I think one like sound clip that was kind of like playing in my my head. And it was just freaking Jesse Katsopoulos from Full House, right? Who would always would say, have mercy. Like whenever like he was around like an attractive lady, um, later on his wife played by, by um, was that Lori Laughlin, I think. Um, anyways, and he had like his own band. But yeah, he used to say, have mercy. That was like his little catchphrase. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Full House. Later on, Chase, I'm gonna introduce you to Roy Orbison and we'll show you where yeah. they got that. Yeah, but still, Pretty Woman. Yeah, the song Pretty Woman. But still, 
that's what came to mind. I'm just, look, I'm just, I'm living my best life. I'm just sharing my truth with you, okay? Okay. All right, good talk, everyone. Wow, I'm going to see myself out. Everyone, that's the show. <laughs> um, all right, so we, with this episode, there's like a lot, but not a lot that took place, I think, um, with with this week's episode for the most part. Um, we... I thought first off, I thought they did a really good job with the int- with the opening because it was like all of four minutes. Then we went straight to credits instead of like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, forty-two minutes or whatever before credits rolled. Um, but yeah, like picking up right in this like interrogation room, um, like they've been arrested, like they were at the end of the last episode, and uh, not Duquesne is the one that's starting to interview them. And um, yeah, enter Fox Mulder wannabe. <laughs> I want to believe who. You don't, he doesn't, he, he, he believes. He doesn't want to believe. He believes. Yeah. So, yeah, we have, we have Picard, we have Guinan in this random uh, FBI's uh, most, uh, most despised, least wanted, you know, type of thing. Um, Start, I mean, starting to be questioned about um, what you doing, man. Why are you trying to screw things up on us? Like, what's up with that? Question one: Are you an extraterrestrial life form? <laughs> what are you doing? I love. Oh, I love. You, I you have honestly. humor. I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah. Picard, Dude, I, 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 I like truly say that I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have like a robo synthetic body. Are you sure? Ooh. I think we're I think we're trying to forget that a little bit maybe. Mm, some of yeah, us they are. want us to forget it until they want it to be a plot point. Yeah. yeah like man. doing a jerry rigged, you know, mind meld type of thing. You know what I'm saying? In that one episode that we watched recently. Hmm. Have we forgotten that already, everyone? So I'll just want to like keep talking about like the Picard, like the whole FBI thing, like just get through all that. That's probably the best yeah, thing to do. It's cool. Okay. So apart from like some intercuts here and there, um, Wells, who are FBA FBI agent, um, otherwise known as not Duquesne, is is asking all these questions and about like obviously like um, why are you like sneaking into galas? Why are you trying to sabotage the Europa mission? Which, by the way, I didn't mention this last time, but the Europa th- mission has been coming up. In this is the the, the um, one. This is one of two shows that I've seen the Europa mission come up, and I feel like such an idiot for not mentioning it sooner. But did y'all know that the Europa mission is an actual real life mission? Yeah, it's a real-life mission that's supposed to be taking place in, I believe it's October of 2024, not March or April like it is in the show. But it is an actual mission that um, I think NASA, maybe NASA and SpaceX are kind of partnering on together to go and do like a Oh, that, mission that's of, what they're Jupiter. calling that? Yeah, it's actually... Yeah, I had heard of the you know little collaboration there. I didn't know it had a name. Yeah, the Europa mission. That's a real mission that's taking place fall of 2024 at this point, where we're going to Jupiter, apparently, which is exactly what's happening in Picard. Hmm. So that was kind of cool. 
no, they're sending like real astronauts, which I don't know how that's going to work since it, I mean, Mars. We can't even send is, people to Mars. <laughs> Make it to I don't, I don't know how it's going to work, but like, I mean, I don't know all the details, but like, yeah, there's, there's going to be some kind of mission to Jupiter, like a moon of Jupiter or something like that. So, hey, whatever. Yeah, it sounds dumb. No, it actually sounds cool. It does sound kind of cool. It's kind of cool. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, so the other show, um, it's on um, this other streaming service um, called Space Force. It happens in Space Force season two, which is the Steve Carell uh, show. If you all have never seen it, it's it's pretty funny. I like it. Um, But yeah, that's that's a real thing. The Europa mission is a real thing. But yeah, not Duquesne is just asking like hey why are you trying to sabotage this like i get it like you're like super smart aliens you know like you've really studied our language and our mannerisms and stuff like that but like what what what's like what's the deal man why 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 are you trying to do this believe me we want nothing more than the europa mission to succeed yeah yeah there's just so much there there's just so much I mean, I don't even know what to call it. Just like walking in place for the sake of walking in place with some of this stuff. Um, Like, are we just going to completely ignore like the blood that's on the edge of the table with the handcuffs right there? Like, what was that about? Here in another scene. Like, what what was that about? Like, was that like just like thrown on there, like just to try and scare them? I was kind of surprised it didn't try and like do another like, you know, like Dixon Hill type of tie-in thing. Cause like the guy's clearly smart. Like he's clearly, you know, he knows how to investigate and he, he kind of knows vaguely what's going on. And, but like, yeah, blood on the table. Uh, this, what did he say? This is, it wasn't where this is where dreams go to die or like something ominous like that. I don't know. Yeah, like the line. Pe- things have been known to disappear down here. Yeah, yep. that 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 kind of, you know, black ops sort of, you know, yeah, spy like the cam- stuff. the camera's not even on in the yeah. room. <laughs> it's like we're going to go crazy. The camera's not even plugged in. Ooh, nobody can hear you scream down here. Well, well at one point like he tells Guinan to like go in the other room and he's like rolling up his sleeves like yeah. what is he about to like beat Picard up or something <laughs> he's like I don't want anyone else in here let me roll up my sleeves so I can beat this man yep nothing better than just you know just like punching an old guy you know right of course would that really go over very well he is a golem so I mean like does he have some protection from that I mean everyone I mean, has look, pain receptors that's right but like look Look, if he can, if Picard can handle being run over by a freaking Tesla, what's a punch really going to do to brother, man? I'm like, let's be honest, man, for real. Eric, did you, did you figure out like what the, like, like the, like the distance formula or the whatever formula would be to like properly like jack up a golem? I'm very disappointed in you that you have not come with math prepared. What is up with that? Well, I mean, you know, your standard force equals mass times acceleration, which is not actually the way Newton wrote his second law. Newton actually wrote his second law is force equals 
the time derivative of momentum, but that's beside the point. Sounds like nerd stuff. Mm, I'm glad I'm not a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I feel like David would like beat us up right now? Like if he had the chance. Uh, Nah. Nah, I don't think so. No, probably not. We've been in the same room together. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So... So yeah, like we, he, he's like just pressing and pressing and pressing. And even Guinan is like, man, like, what's the deal with you, dude? Like, I see this giant, like, you know, thermos you got of coffee, like just sipping on that, you know? Um, like, you don't exactly strike me as FBI's top interrogator guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like, yeah, after, after a minute or so, of you know, like back and forth, or several minutes of going back and forth. Yeah, like we separate, we end up separating Picard and Guinan. Picard stays where he's at to be interrogated more by not Duquesne. And then we have, then we have Guinan going off into another semi-identical room with a little bit better decorations. Before we get to that, wait wait. Like, before we get to that, um, the, the lieutenant comes or whatever, the, the a special agent it's not lieutenant i was thinking like lieutenant duquesne um he comes back in he's like he says uh what does he say he says um um something it's 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 only this until it's dedication until you're proved right it's only obsession until you're actually proved right or something i forget the, the exact line that he says like i'm not obsessed because I know I'm right. The thing is, obsession's only obsession until it pays off. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, then it's oh, these these pictures I've got of you at the um, the the gala? Well, look, this your buddy right here, he was picked up by ICE the other day. So, hey, this story is actually meaning something, right? And look, he gave this rather dubious statement. Why don't you read it? Uh, I've traveled back in time with a cybernetic queen that wants to take over the world with her old trusty friend, a crusty admiral who's yeah. half a robot, who's in a flesh and blood robot body. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, clearly he's been subjected to some barbaric interrogation techniques, of course. Course. Yeah, but there was of actually course. some payout from those scenes in ICE detention, which I thought we would never, like, mention again. But, like, how... Okay, so I was thinking about this, and maybe it's, like, just the most obvious answers, like, oh, yeah, body cam. Like, they were just, like, recording it. Like, they just transcribed it later. But, like, I didn't see anything on, like, the agent's body when, like, that was happening in that particular scene. And I didn't see a pad of paper on him unless he's just got like a photographic memory. Yeah, he just, and he wrote a report. I don't know. It's, it's fine. It's whatever. So, okay. So let's talk about what's in door number two. Guinan is all by her lonesome, waiting, waiting, waiting. And then this older gentleman walks in 
with this very good looking goatee, which I'm slightly jealous of. And wouldn't you know, gents, it's Q. He works for the okay. FBI now. So I have a question. Like, Q is like, he's like, my snapping doesn't work, right? I'm losing my powers. So without his powers, how does he manage to get himself appointed as the Europa Project's, like, main therapist who's, who's you know, providing the mental health and the psych evals for all the astronauts, or maybe just one of them. We don't know if it's all of them. How does he manage to get himself insinuated in the FBI and as a topper? How does he manage to do all this if he doesn't have his powers? Maybe Perhaps he just it's... has some powers. <laughs> he literally can't snap his fingers anymore. Or he can, but nothing happens. Maybe. See, I'm he's... actively trying to vaporize you right now, David, and nothing <laughs> is happening. <laughs> Maybe he's got another Q buddy that's like pulling some strings for him. Like, hey, I know that there's something going on, so I'll be a little snappy with you. I'll, I'll help you out in a pinch. Let me snap my fingers. Let me snap my fingers. I want to snap my fingers. But yeah, yeah so yeah, I don't know if I get that either. So Guinan is kind of taken aback for a moment, like, "Oh shoot, you're here. This is how you got here. What? I summoned you." And kind of going to like that ritual summoning thing that we saw, not working, for the most part. And wouldn't you know, guys, we get this. I don't know if we can call it a bomb drop, but. I think David so far is right about like the prediction that he's been talking about and that he made. Q's dying. Something's going on. Like, I mean, he's, we, we have no reason not to believe him at this point, but yeah, he's dying. He can't vaporize you with the snapping of the fingers anymore. So David, how does it feel to be proved right on something in this show? Well, you know, Chase, it actually happens so often. I don't even think about it much anymore. You know, my Thank ego you. is mm-hmm. just so huge right now that, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's kind of just like a cherry on top of the massive Sunday that is my life. So, yeah, I get it. I get stuff. it. Yeah. yeah. Sweet yeah, and savory. I love Makes sense. I, I wrote down this whole quote here, right? It's really kind of it's 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 it fits Q's character, like I really like, it. and it's got several good callbacks. I think to some other like really nice Q moments. He goes, "Immortal," so I believed. Yet now, for the first time, as I look across the temporal horizon, it darkens. You think I'm dying? I prefer to believe that I am on the threshold of the unknowable. When I first felt it, I thought to myself, "This is good. This is new." infinite life after all has its drawbacks so i prepared myself to be enveloped in the warmth of the warm glow of meaning well that moment has yet to come not even a glimmer dying stars burn brighter as they spin towards extinction i on the other hand seem to simply be disappearing into nothing why do you think it took me so long to get here like i really love that whole 
I don't know if you want to call it a monologue. I don't know if it's long enough to be a monologue. But I really love that. There's like some great like things in there. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, it, it definitely draws back to the episode uh Death Wish and Voyager, right? Where the one Q wants to commit suicide because infinite life is boring, right? And like the Q continuum is boring because they've done everything before, so he's like, Hey, this is this is something new, right? Um, then you know, Infinite Life has its drawbacks. And then it also kind of calls us back to Data's scene at the end of season one, where Data's like, like, wait, you wanna you want me to kill you? You wanna die? And Data's like, No, like I don't wanna die, I wanna live because I know life only has meaning because it's, you know, finite in a sense. Right? right. And I think that's definitely a good callback in this quote to that. Right. I like and, and even just a, a a couple lines later, I really like this too. Um where like it, it kind of starts to ramp up where guys like this thing you're doing to Picard, it's it's how you're hoping to find meaning in your life. And Q goes on to say, I now have a lifetime. And like asking, like, you know, can a single act redeem a lifetime? Yeah, so like, is this single act here? I keep going back to this. Like John Delancey said in the interview in the ready room, Q is doing this to help Picard. And so is this one act he's doing here to try to help Picard, which I'm still not sure how this helps Picard. Like I really am in the dark and there were eight episodes out of 10 into this. And I really still don't know how this is supposed to be helping Picard. But is this like act here? Is that he's trying to redeem himself yeah. for all of his yeah. like childish, playful, you know, vindictive sometimes ways? I mean, that's that's a great question. <laughs> but but he says something interesting. Um you know here in just a moment like as like the the conversation continues to go it's it's not about oh shoot um, yeah he's yeah Guinan goes why yeah, bring he, him he, to the past he's and, trapped and here he's like yeah, i didn't bring him to the past he did that on his own yeah. and then he's like there are many forms of time travel but he, and like but he's what does that here. mean is that like yeah. is that like time travel is that like going back into your head and your memories is that what the time travel that Q is trying to talk about because in a sense we talked about last week you know Q wanted Picard to understand that he was being a false narrator in his own memories of his father right right like is that time travel yeah and then even like the trap is immaterial it's the escape that counts and um then like uh what was it um humans they're all trapped in the past and like we we get more of a payoff with that here in just like a a, a few scenes later when Guinan and Picard are eventually reunited but not without some like weird psychic projection thingy going on with a nosebleed like 11 from Stranger Things for crying out loud. But what, there, there, uh, were, there were, go ahead, David. I, I was just going to add something, something in here. 
Uh, and I was I was actually trying to get because I normally like to watch the episode as as we sort of go through here. But maybe you guys can correct me on this. Wasn't there like a line on here that he mentions like a she? Like she won. Am I making that up? She that won. Doesn't sound familiar to me. Uh, she won. I mean, I, I've I've watched I've watched this like twice, and, and maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. Um, but there there was a uh, God, just just cut it all the way out, Chase. But anyway, like I'm starting to feel like there's there's a, a different layer in here than just this layer in a way because like I, I I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you I'm starting to get confused as to what the end game is here now now I know like I, I had kind of I like no I had kind of talked about um I had talked about like maybe Q is trying to bring Picard in as a Q perhaps but he seems so helpless and it's like, so what's his, what's his end game? Is he playing with it? Is somebody else playing with it? Like, what's what's the game? Because if all you're doing is just, sh- oh hey, uh, see your dad wasn't that guy. Is is that? I mean, like, what 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 exactly are we kind of doing here? Yeah, because and, th- and, this and whole I'll- scene, while really good, was also extremely confusing. This whole, this whole series season has confused me. Like I have absolutely no idea where this is headed. And with just two episodes left, I feel like I should have some idea. I feel like we were set up with it. At least maybe, maybe this is just my own personal misinterpretation of what this season was setting up. But we go into the past to fix something that went wrong to repair our own future. But that doesn't seem at all what this season is about, right? I mean, it seems like it's about something else rather than that. Like, I'm very confused. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, okay, like this is going to sound convoluted and potentially dumb. So just take it however. Um, but like when, when Q says what he says, like humans, they're all trapped in the past. I'm like, is that a literal thing in terms of like, not just like our crew, right? But like, there's like some kind of spell. There's some kind of something that has like, I don't know, mind locked or whatever people's like true self or something like that. Um, I don't know if not Duquesne is ever going to truly be Duquesne like in episode 9 or 10 I doubt I doubt it I very seriously doubt it but I mean we also have like Vulcans that show up in this episode with like again like a botched mind meld which is completely appropriate for this time period because like the things haven't taken place that take place in Enterprise for you know advancing mind melds and all that stuff but yeah, like, is there something, like, cosmic going on that's, like, impacting the people themselves of Earth from 
who they really are. I don't know. Like it was, it was just kind of weird. Like, um, the best, the best, like parallel. I know David, you don't like me compare. You don't like comparing Star Trek to other shows because Star Trek used to be like the trendsetter essentially. But the best parallel I can really kind of come up with with what I'm trying to get at are the curses that happen in the TV show Once Upon a Time. For anyone that's ever seen that, I don't know if either one of you have ever seen Once Upon a Time when it was on ABC. Okay, so basically each, not not every season, but there's typically some kind of curse that the characters are having to deal with. And like in the first season, it has to do like with their true selves, basically, and who's in charge of the curse and why it was that way. Um, it's been off the air for quite a while, so I, don't, I feel like the statute of limitations is kind of over with. But that's kind of like where I was going. So for anyone that's seen it, maybe y'all are picking up what I'm laying down with what I'm trying to explain. But um, I thought it was really ominous. I liked the line and it really got me thinking, which I don't know how much of that I really have been doing with this show lately. Yeah, but then like, I mean, thematically, I think the episode relates because, you know, all humans are trapped are trapped in the past and if you consider memories you know you know a a memory can can keep you stuck in a certain sense Guinan then says that to Picard and Picard gives our our FBI guy here a pretty good pep talk right pretty pretty solid Picard pep talk um and he starts to remember the past which was what we opened the episode on I think we skipped that here there was like a little boy running in the woods and he looked up after he tripped and he saw two Vulcans. Yeah. And he thought they were like a monster and one of them was like grabbing his head to try to like he says like bulge his eyeballs out or something. And Picard's like, hey, I recently went back into my own past and thought they were monsters but there weren't. So these things, they were not monsters. Let me give you some context because I just learned something and now I can impart that wisdom onto you that I just learned. Yeah. I Did anyone like kind of have a hard time with him trying to explain that these were Vulcans and he wasn't trying to like, you know, suck your brain out. He was just trying to do a mind meld. He's like they weren't monsters, they were Vulcans, as if he knows what a Vulcan, what a Vulcan is, is, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, the dude is already, like, hyper vigilant about, like, seeing aliens around every corner like a certain Fox Mulder, right? And he thinks that Picard is a, is a, a freaking E.T. for crying out loud. So how does this not reinforce with not Duquesne this thing about being extraterrestrial? Like Picard's just like saying it like just so matter of fact that it's, it's Vulcans. They're just they're doing mind melts. They're not trying to suck your brains out. Just take it or leave it type of thing. Yeah, it also seems quite odd how like this man has devoted his entire career to proving the existence of aliens and then he just kind of lets them go. <laughs> like, mm. okay, you you can just go. Yeah, that Yeah, it was kind of of like just 
I don't want to say it's throwing it away, but I don't know. You, you know how we spent time talking about butterflies? Yeah. You ever feel yeah. like things are just a little too convenient? Uh-huh. You know, I don't know that we've mentioned butterflies in the at least. I don't remember in this episode. I don't really remember in the last episode either, but we always talked about this whole you know, potential like butterfly effect, stepping on butterflies. Now the lessons we've learned are trending back here to current problems. Like it's kind of funny then that you bring up your, your, your little fairy tale show. What was it called again? <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> Doesn't it kind of feel like this is all just, I don't know. It kind of feels to me. It's like, this is just all going to be like a book that, future Picard just plucking off of a shelf or something like that. Or like, you know, Q maybe is plucking off a shelf. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah. The autobiography of Jean-Luc Picard, volume two, the forgotten years. No, no, no one, no one. No, let's okay. let's cool. talk about the autobiography of Jean-Luc Picard for a second as it relates to a different story in this. Because I read a review, and this was like one of the greatest lines in any review I've ever seen here. It's like, basically the Gerardi story, it's Star Trek First Contact. It's the same story, right? Yeah. Borg Queen going back into the past, seducing a Sung to come to her side and help her and she wants to assimilate humanity in the past, right? And it was done way better in Star Trek First Contact than it's being done here. But, like, does Picard even know about this? Does he even know that this is happening? Because last episode, he was stuck in his little mind palace, right? When Rafi and Seven went out in search of this. And did they, like, give him a sit rep before he went to Guinan to summon the queue and before he was arrested? So, like, does he even know that this is happening? I don't think so, Eric. That's really strange so. because, like, this is a big part of his life, right? The Borg queen and being being part of the Borg and... It's like it's almost the same thing that happened to him once before. And the the review I wrote was like, you know, Picard not knowing about this and not mentioning that this is something that happened before in his life would be like if Paul McCartney wrote an autobiography and didn't mention the Beatles. Yeah. It's like this just seems like something Picard should be involved in, a storyline he should be involved in all this happened before all this happened before and all this will happen again eric yes that's true listen if next week's episode comes out and says written by ronald d moore i you know (laughs) i might have some hope for it but right now i'm I'm, i don't know how much hope i have for these next two episodes the pieces are there for star trek battlestar i'm just saying Anyway, 
yeah it was just it was just like a little too convenient you know with with the vulcans and like not duquesne just straight up implicitly trusting him just like that Ooh, look i can snap like a cue just without the whoosh um yeah like you've spent your whole life like you said just chasing aliens trying to prove that they exist and you finally get one here's the door see you later goodbye type of thing that's just that's just weird to me and like not only that i did by the way i know um david and i really really like star trek enterprise i did enjoy the whole you know little callback to carbon creek you know what i'm saying I mean, it wasn't really Carbon Creek, but it was like almost a shot for shot Carbon Creek. I'm just saying. Yeah. Can, can, can we just like pause for just a second? Like, pause. Why is it that we have to do so many callbacks? Like, what? Why is it that this show just feels like an amalgamation? of everything else. I'm almost, again, like I'm going back to that convenience factor and I'm starting to wonder if that's not just intentional, intentional, but integral. Like, well, I think, like, the, like this is ahead, a whole go. thing where, yeah, sorry, Eric. I, like this no, is finish, a whole, yeah, this is a whole thing like where we're almost gonna go back to the very start of this series where Picard is on the stargazer and interacting with this Borg queen and everything before he dies. And it's not actually Q dying. It's a moment in Picard's life dying and Q's trying to show him like something greater as he's maybe saving him from it. Because like all of the story themes are things that are, we've all seen before first contact carbon creek i mean like we, we we've named a few today but we've named several more throughout this whole point voyage home so, so it, yeah. It, yeah voyage home so it, it all goes back to is any of this even real and then of course the answer is like well is anything real yeah you know which, what i mean what soon says yeah I'm, I'm just saying like it's starting to become the point to where the convenience is becoming integral almost to a, a, a larger story. So are, are you well, saying like, are, are you suggesting that it's going to be like it was all a dream and like we're just like waking up in the ready room on the stargazer? No, not necessarily. It's like, you know, when people talk about life flashing before their eyes, but instead of seeing his past, he's integrating, Q is integrating the past into a future, in quotations for Picard here, to show him one last thing. I hate that idea. It sounds kind of lame. I, as I'm saying I it, but, but what I'm saying is, is because everything is so darn convenient right now, and we keep talking about butterflies, we keep talking about this time stuff, and and uh, you know Q's quote that you know there, you know what was it? Many ways to time travel, or whatever the direct yeah. quote was. So 
I don't know. I, I don't know because again, this all started with the destruction of the Stargazer, and we have to some somehow address that, right? Yeah, I mean, somehow. I think like well, like Q doesn't have any powers anymore, right? He can't do anything. So once we fix this, right? Presumably, we're going to fix it, right? How does how do we get back to the future? How do we get back to our own timeline? Is this gonna be like Jurati Borg Queen? Like somehow, cause when in episode one, when that rift opened up, it had temporal a temporal signature in it, didn't it? So is is yeah. like are we gonna oh get God. back to the future that way? And is that like are we gonna come in a circle and that Borg Queen there on the at the beginning, that's Jurati because you know they were cut. They were hiding the queen's face for a reason. Like, is it, that because? How do we get back if Q can't get us back? Is this multiverse bullcrap? <laughs> it is, isn't it? I mean, I'm just, I was thinking about this. How do we get back if Q can't get us back? And there had to be a reason why they were hiding the Borg Queen's face in episode one. Like, that was done intentionally. Remember, and the Borg Queen says, count. like, the Borg Queen says, Picard, look up. Is that because of something that Picard said to Jurati? I don't know. I am so tired of time and multiverses and all this stuff. It's so boring. It is so boring. If that's what it is, I I don't know. Season three might not cut it for me. I might not come back for season three. Oh, man. I mean, there have been like the rumors, right, of it being either Jurati, it being Seven, or it being Picard's mum. talk about this board queen like storyline here in this episode yeah yeah we can we can so Jurati's on the loose she busted a window she's roaming around and uh, we have detective Hanson and um, her plucky assistant Rafi on the case Lieutenant, Lieutenant yeah they're on the case and uh, they're they're just they're sauntering around L.A., checking out, you know, and um, they they go they find the bar right, and uh, hey, you know, do do the Borg thing, you know, you use your use your Borg tricks, do it, do the thing. Um, do you not see just no tech on my face? Like, are you blind? Are you blind? And of course, like Rafi's like, you know, being Rafi through all of it. And um, after talking to the bar, like a, a bar owner, bar worker, we walk down the alleyway and we see just a random cell phone with no battery in it, which we, see we a dead guy with his throat slit. Well, that too, but that too. Yeah. And we connect the dots that oh yeah it's this lithium ion type battery thing it's this primitive technology a borg would want this for reasons 
you know, and that reason would be to kind of help with stabilizing nanoprobes in the body. Sure. Drink, drinking, drinking battery acid. Got it. How? Yeah, that was the thing that I was like, okay, I can, I can be okay with this, but it doesn't make sense right now. Like, she's a human, still, with like a weird personality, right? And she's just eating metal and antifreeze or whatever she's eating and drinking. Like acid batteries. How? Well, well, here's my question. Like, why couldn't the Borg Queen stick out her assimilation tubules and actually put real nanoprobes into Jurati? Like, fully functioning ones? I assume, even though she was captured, she still had assimilation nanoprobes in her, right? Yeah. Maybe. Like why I don't understand this this slow assimilation process that's going on. I really I just don't doesn't make any sense to me. Because she we, wants to be friends. I, the, it doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. The okay. The only thing that might approach this making sense, Eric, maybe, is the fact that she was all hooked up to you know doing like her trapeze artist wire thing and because of time travel it drained the heck out of her it drained resources it fried things in her body whatever and that's why she has to recharge she has to gather resources because she doesn't have any worker bees to do it for her that's the only thing i can maybe maybe suggest to make sense it's a stretch but for reasons we have to you know actually use our mouth to eat car parts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once once Seven and Rafi come across her, she runs along her car hood, wearing some pretty nice like combat kill star boots here, right? Yeah. Yeah, she like, was wearing red are those stilettos. The sh- was she wearing stilettos at the at the yeah. gala? Because I wasn't sure. I was like, she didn't wear yeah. these like boots, these awesome boots, did she? No. No. She was wearing like some some red stilettos red like they had a heel on them for crying out loud and it was not a flat she was wearing some sort of heel at the gala not doc martens not no combat star. Boots. they look like they look like, like kill whatever star boots. whatever they were she was not wearing boots at the gala <laughs> well, now she's got boots okay she's got she's, she's running across vehicles too great and she just smacks seven out of the way and choking out Rafi until Gerardi's like no I'm not gonna let you do this to my friend yeah and then it takes like forever for Rafi to get up like I get she was choked out I get it but like really that long like that long for you to get up off the ground like I don't think that was just a moment like when they cut back to that in the episode like you were on the ground needing to be comforted for a long time lady you are Starfleet intelligence you should be like a freaking Casio watch you should take a licking and keep on ticking as far as I'm concerned that's the analogy you want to use (laughs) (laughs) whatever 
You went there, David, not me. Man, it's all that snake grass or whatever she's been smoking. <laughs> hey, she's two years sober, right? Getting her life back together. Mm, yeah, okay. Hey, can I ask a question? Hmm. <laughs> Is it? It's probably just me, but I like Gerardi's portrayal of this pseudo Borg queen better than the other one, than the actual Borg queen. I don't know why. I just felt like sexy half Borg queen wasn't working for me, but like psycho Gerardi just does. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like it better. I don't know why. I just do. I like Gerardi better this season because of it, except for yeah, her you know, shooting a dude with a shotgun. Day. No, she's not. Yeah. Um, so anyway, after they figure out, like, they, like, hook up the battery to the tricorder, and they're like, she needs resources, but she doesn't have them. So, oh, look, we know where she's going because she magically typed it into this phone, and we know where she's going to get resources. But why should they be going there? So this whole... That's the setup for the next storyline. I got to talk about this. Like, I mean, we're going to get to soon and everything, obviously. But look, okay, so... And towards the end of this episode, she meets up with Soong. And saying, this is what I need, and this is how I can help you get what you want, type of thing. And talking about this future that um, I can help you get, where you're like, you know, the godfather of the future, whatever she said. Gents, maybe I'm getting senile or, or something, but... Isn't that the same future that they just escaped from? Yeah, but they have to make sure it happens. Yeah. Right? Because they but... have to stop Renee from going on this mission because once she finds some microbe, right, that will make huh? Sung's genetic research yeah. not matter. But it doesn't, but, but... though. In, in the traditional timeline, there's still the eugenics wars. That's already in the past, though. Oh, that's that in, the, in the that was in the nineteen nineties. Nineteen nineties. I'm sorry, boys. Yeah, sometimes I forget that the original series thought the nineteen nineties was going to be much more advanced than what it was. True story. Yeah. yeah. But okay, but here's here's what I'm getting at. So this future, you know, that is the Adam Soong, you know, God Party or whatever. That's the future that they just escaped from. That like they were running away from in which the Borg themselves were crippled and it was like just one Borg queen that we, just one Borg and it was the Borg queen, that Borg queen that was left that was going to be, you know you know, gotten rid of on, um, what was it extermination day? Is that what it was called? The purge. It was going to happen on the purge. Yeah, it wasn't called extermination day. It was, um Whatever, the day in which we kill people in front of a live audience, you know, recorded live in front of right, live or whatever. Um, but like the the Borg Queen 
didn't even want that future. So why help soon get that future when that's the future that you don't even want? Because she's not helping him get that. She's manipulating yeah. him right into thinking that's what's going to happen, but she's going to use him and all of his resources for her own advantage to create a, I, I a mean, different alternate future. I get, I mean, I do get that, but I just, I, I just think it's kind of problematic. I mean, again, I, what I guess what I'm trying to get at is I feel like this is another moment in which we are being told or not told, but we're like, you know, waving the hand. Don't look at, at the man behind the curtain type of thing. Don't, don't remember what happened in, you know, episode two and three, just pretend it didn't happen. Pretend it didn't happen. Pretend it didn't happen. That's kind of where I'm at with that with that whole sales pitch that the that Jurati queen made to soon. So I'll leave it alone. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I saw I saw it as more re- really getting her materials so that she could just uh, presumably take over this time period and just make it Borg. Yeah, and get first her contact soldiers, her foot soldiers, her drones. So she can manipulate, she can sort of assimilate the mercenaries, right? Who's ready to add some of their biological distinctiveness <laughs> to our own? Who I am, I am. It oh, only I'm, stings I'm, a little bit. I did like that yeah. though. Like seeing them in like their all black like outfits and just like how much that looked like the old school Borg outfits. I, I did like that. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, but like what like she wants to take over the last arena because she's going to use that one ship to somehow take over the world which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because i feel like even though it's from the future and some super like weirdo future where they're highly militarized but i still feel like that one ship probably isn't enough that's the side of the point the point is she was literally on the ship by herself true story i know she didn't like have enough control asserted at that moment but if all it took is like smashing some windows and throwing some stuff around right don't you think she could have done that while she was alone on the lost arena well i mean not not just that eric but like even when like gerardi gets the the shotgun and like ends up shooting the deputy or whatever his title was don't you think that would have activated some sort of endorphins even for the Borg Queen? Like, ooh, blood sport, yes, yes, kill someone, yes, more, more, more. It, it doesn't make much sense because, again, I mean, the, the Borg would be aware of technology. They could just build it, right? I mean, the, the knowledge is already in her head, so just take over and just build. You don't really need the ship. And, I mean, hell, think about it. If you took over enough, you just take the ship. I mean, what, what's what's a couple people in a busted ship to a horde of Borg? Yeah, but, yeah, and, and then they're also like, well, the transporters aren't working on the last arena. But I mean, I, haven't we, like, been using the transporters on the last arena? We did, Like, how, yes. did, how did Rios get back, to, get back to the last arena with the doctor? <laughs> Like, haven't we been using these things? But no, Here, now we're locked out of them. Quick, distraction. Sorry, yeah. Four pieces of cake. Are you distracted enough, Eric? Wait, what? 
<laughs> there worked. we go. He's been distracted. Ah. <laughs> I swear, if that little boy becomes a Borg from eating just one little tiny piece of one cake, I'm getting my shuttlecraft and I'm going no, home. Here's the Not thing. Here. Here's the thing. This is this is funny, right? This boy says four cakes. Presumably, he means four whole cakes. Right. And get four <laughs> but pieces. they give him one little piece, and he doesn't specify what type of cake. I remember when Tom Paris tried to order tomato soup and the replicator told him there are 37 different yeah. varieties of tomato soup. <laughs> Sometimes replicators are Plain much more tomato simple. soup. Would you like it hot or cold? Hot. <laughs> How many different types of cake are there? There are 387 different cake recipes. Please specify. Whoa. I love this kid though. Like. I personally just love this little kid with it. You know, he, 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 he's got his little, you know, cute kid voice going on here. He's just touching things, eating cake, his belly hurts. His mom's hitting like hardcore on Rios, giving him these weird role play scenes. I mean, yeah, it is, is, is like kind of distracting as it is. I, I don't know. I like this little part. It's kind I just of it unimportant funny. it is to the entire story. It's, oh, yeah. We yeah. got to write a scene for Rios. <laughs> we forgot about him. <laughs> I love Rios. He's like Why, one of my favorite he, Has characters. he done anything this season? Like, literally, has he done anything? He gets the girl. He got yeah. the girl. Got the girl. Congrats. I'm happy for him in that regard. <laughs> But he's got to lose her, doesn't doesn't he? I mean, like you can't go to the future. Look, let's just let's just act like we've been married for you know ten years, and you know we it's just like clockwork. And why was maybe we're going the wedding? Maybe we're going to a you know a truck stop gas station, and and you know you just you know just tell me a story, okay? You know make make the make the sparkle come back in my eyes, okay? Why why did I why did I get an invite to the wedding? I mean, I thought we were friends, David and Eric. <laughs> Eric told me I was going to be on stage with them. Oh, and we know that's a lie. Now I know what it looks like when you lie, Eric. <sighs> Distractions. <laughs> but seriously, though, if he gets assimilated just by eating a tiny piece of cake, I'm riding. I'm riding. Yeah, but they had nanoprobes in them. They did. I'm willing to bet it was nanoprobe cake. He didn't specify. Didn't specify. That's how we assimilate now. Here, have a piece of cake. Mmm, resistance is futile. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 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 Stop. Right. Mm, all right, let's, go, let's, go, let's go to the sung of it all. The sung storyline of it all. I think that's the only thing left here, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, so Corey, he's the Brionis here, definitely not Soji. Um, somehow, a couple episodes ago, managed to break into her dad's files, like just on the computer, not locked. Which, oh yeah, sure, I believe that, right? Oh, she's not, she's not, a, she's not a real boy. She's not a real girl, right? Just built by Geppetto. Um, no, and she's like. Oh, I have to get into his lab to find out what happened. 
But wait, didn't you already get into his lab? Weren't you already in there? Now and then you left. Now you gotta go back. So I'm gonna go put on my Oculus, my my VR glasses, and I'm gonna somehow get into the lab. But when I do, there's a program hack, non-native thing. Q managed to hack into some software, right? I mean, he yeah, does right, have an right, IQ right, of like yeah. two billion, right? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. So he can do he can do that, and he's like, "Here, I've got the cure for you. I've got the, I've got your freedom just waiting for you." You know, yeah. we we made fun of little kid and cake being the most useless part of this, but this to me feels like the most useless part of this entire show right now. Like, I mean, this, this, this girl who, you know, is like a walking science experiment is now just running away or I'll don't come after me or I'll call the cops. Okay. Tell them what? So where the heck does she let you're a clone made in a test tube? Yeah. So where does she fit into all this though? Cause it's like, it seems like just trying to fill screen time for, for that that actor you know it's just like here yeah we want you in the show you're gonna be uh clone clone girl oh sweet you can call me omega please stop i was trying well i feel like i don't i i don't understand the full reference of that but that's okay um it feels like they need a reason to turn aaron sung here into like a megalomaniac Right, and his daughter finally leaving him and his life's work walking out the door. That's the reason why he decided to go full insane. When did you ever need to uh, give a reason to a song to be that? <laughs> the thing. So and it's the only reason I can think of why this even matters. So the thing that I guess I'm kind of thinking of is. Uh, we're we're in 2024 at this point and from what we know adam sung doesn't have any progeny of his own right like apart from like what he's created so my progeny i had to throw it in there because you know it's reasons anyway so the augments storyline that's happening in like the 22 like late 2250s 60s is that right 2250s yeah so one why haven't like why isn't there like a multi lifetime ban on soongs from doing anything with genetics and augmenting human beings that's what i want to know two because I mean, this is not Klingon society. The sins of the father do not transfer to the children. Well, okay. I mean, that's just that's just where I'm at. That's just where I'm at. So, but like, there, there's. I feel like there's going to be a plot hole here pretty soon if we don't have someone to per- continue to perpetuate the Soong line. Uh, once again, another Brent Spiner character to be portrayed. But in all seriousness, though, like something's got to happen because like he's not some spry little fella you know he's got to have a a kid at some point to carry on the name or adopt one of the two 
you can't be adoption. Yeah, it can't be adopted. It's got I mean, <laughs> yeah, it can't be adopted. Because then the bloodline is not preserved. Anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell. Who are you gonna tell? Who are you gonna call? Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, I'm like you, so. You don't exist in the real world. What's your name? Do you have ID? No. Do you have a birth certificate? No. Do you have a social security number? No. Who are you? We're gonna hold you because you're probably an illegal. Ice. Can you show up at the 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 Mariposa Clinica? I mean, that'd be, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. So like, that's, I mean, that's, I think pretty much it. Like, you know, Q gives her a vial, you know, with freedom on it and helps stabilize whatever her condition her, 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 is. Her defect, her defect yeah. in the cloning process or whatever it is. So she can walk on grass. Cool. Yeah, grass cool. feels nice. I mean, it does. Yes. If, if you've got some real nice grass that you're walking on barefoot, it feels nice. I like grass. I just don't Even like mowing it, it. It gets a little itchy sometimes. Anyway. Have, is that it? Please tell me that's it. I think that's it. Yep, let's go defend the ship and we'll use Talon's transporter to get there. It'll be great. Yep. Oh, yeah, by the way, Talon's dead. What? What? I have no idea. <laughs> Jeez, what deep recesses she's, she's, of Twitter have you been on? She's 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 off world. She's on Risa having a pina colada with a little umbrella in her cup. It's fine. It's fine. All right, everyone, let's get into the evaluation of this thing, for crying out loud. So on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. Lieutenant Commander Eric, how would you rate this episode? You know, you said something at the beginning of this recording that I feel is really true. You were like, it feels like there's a lot going on, but there's also not a lot going on. That's really weird. Like, this episode feels overstuffed, but at the same time understuffed because there's so many different plot threads but yeah. not much is happening in any of them and I feel like that's a, been a problem that we've seen in a lot of different episodes this season Yeah, and I am confused very very confused by this entire season I feel like I should have some idea of what this is all about like what is the trial here what is the lesson we're trying to learn how are we trying to help him like i feel like something should have been like revealed to us by now like it was episode eight in season one where we got the reveal of the jat vash and what they were doing they took the admonition and we learned a whole ton of information in that episode eight there. <laughs> I, I don't we haven't learned any information here. Like and I am <laughs> you like that, Chase? I like that a lot. <laughs> anyway, um I'm just I'm very confused. And now it seems like the end of this season is being set up for like a gunfight. And I'm like, why do we have to have a gunfight at the end? 
and I just I have no idea how they're gonna wrap this story up in two episodes because I have no idea how the story is gonna be wrapped up I'm just I'm very confused it feels like they've just lost their way here and Chase unfortunately I don't think we're getting back to the future until episode 10 like I think we're we're here for the duration yeah like I think it's gonna be like the last 10 minutes of episode 10 where we get back to the future um, at this point, I'm starting to think like last five seconds we're gonna get back, and it's gonna be very much Voyager esque for crying out loud. Yeah, I like. There's some good things about this episode, though. I think Guinan and Q. That's like that's good stuff right there. There's some utterly worthless parts of this episode. Like everything with Chris Rios is pretty much worthless in this episode. Uh, on the Borg storyline confuses me. I feel like seven of nine. You got seven of nine! And you're not using her at all. The Voyager writers, Jerry Taylor, would be very disappointed in you. <laughs> Showrunner for Voyager. She'd be very disappointed. Um, <laughs> you didn't use her beloved character. I, I don't know. This, this is a hard episode to rate. <sighs> at, at six and a half, 6.5. Why not? Okay. Lieutenant Commander David. Um. So I I will say that like I, I actually kind of enjoyed watching the episode. You know, sometimes certain episodes just you know kind of piss me off a little bit. Sure. You know, it's just like, why am I here? Why am I watching this? <laughs> um. But I, I didn't feel that way here. Uh, I, I like I like Queen Queen Girati. I like it better than Sexy Borg Queen. It just feels more evil. Um, you know, you get you get a little bit of ninety proof soon, which is you know something. Um, but kind of like with what Eric said, like the the coolest part of this entire show was honestly kind of like Guinan and Q's interaction as short as it was um John Delancey's done I I thought he's done like a really fantastic job and like even in this this one little microcosm in the in this particular episode like there's range here there's almost like a like a panic uh when when he like the panic on his face when he talks about like I didn't send Picard back in time he did that himself you know, just just that, I, I just, I, I thought it was great. I just thought it was really fun. And um, even kind of the pseudo X-Files guy, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, I've been fired. So like, just get out of here, you scamps. It, it, it's fine. Um, and then look, I mean, I like Cake Kid. Dude, little, little Cake Kid. Ricardo, you know, just with his cakes, it, it's it, it's in his weird mom with her weird fantasy stories. Like there's there's things there's things in here that like were humorous and kind of fun in their own goofy little way. But yeah. I am so confused by the story and, and like, you know, again, like what Eric said, like we've got two more episodes, right? What? Why do we have to do this constant, like, over-the-top cliffhanger stuff? Like, why is this the new norm? Why do I have to learn in, like, the second-to-last episode that it's just some crying kid on a dilithium planet? You know? what? Why Why do I have to 
figure out Michael Burnham's boyfriend's actually <gasps> a Klingon. You know, it, it's like it, it, it seems like we're burying so much of the lead without really doing much. And I, I just I, I'm so confused. I'm more confused this week than anything. And you get this drop that potentially Q is is dying, right? And he's facing this existential crisis of his own mortality. Is he regretting his behavior? Was that what he meant by, you know, the one act is one act, forgive a life or whatever? Or is it is it complete BS? Because like the, the, the dialogue is so, it's just so all over the place for me. And it's yeah. so, I, I'm, heck, even earlier, I'm misremembering things. Like I'm making up my own stuff that I've heard that clearly wasn't there. So it, it, it's, it's difficult to rate because like I enjoyed the show, like there were little parts of it, but again, it all button hooks back to what the hell are we doing? Like, is this all just going to be another proverbial snap and, and we're just back on the, the, the bridge of the stargazer uh, or, or what, you know, is, is, is the whole thing like, Oh, uh, I've, I've learned to, uh, like not go overboard and blow up the ship and actually let the queen do her thing. And, Oh, Hey, it's Gerardi from an alternate timeline. We're all going to be Borg friends. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I worry like with discovery that I am going to be so disappointed. Well, and even now, I don't want to say that, but we'll just stick with discovery. I'm going to be so disappointed by the payoff of this, this season that I won't want to watch season three, which kind of sucks. Cause I, you know, I kind of enjoyed season one of Picard. It was, it was fine. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I mean, like seven, one, maybe that it, it feels like a score. <laughs> the problem that I'm facing with just this story in general, and maybe it's not fair is the fact that what was that? Like uh two ish, three, three ish weeks ago, we got the season three tees. It's like, oh, by the way, all the next gen cast is back. And oh, by the way, there's Patrick Stewart in his Chateau Picard office, looking at old tchotchkes and writing some kind of like thank you note or invite down. So to me, it declaws anything that's happening in season two. It just does. Like it, it there are no stakes at this point because we know Picard's okay. I mean, we we had to maybe assume that Picard was going to be okay. But like the teaser takes all the claws away. Yeah, but then <sighs> everybody else around him die and that's why he needs his old crew back. That's uh, possible. I think that'd be, I mean, the, the, of, of the ones that I want to survive and this is going to be bad and I'm sorry, but I just want Rios the most. Like I just, I love Rios. I mean, he's been my favorite. He was my favorite in season one of the new cast, and he's still my favorite here in season two. And I want, I want a freaking, I want a, a Star Trek Stargazer. That's what I want. I know it's, it's. I mean, we gotta start the petition, y'all. We got, we got a little, you know, change.org, whatever campaign type. I don't know, whatever. 
I feel like I'm ignoring the fact that I need to rate this thing. There's, I'm, I'm sticking what I said. Like there's things that happened, but not really happened at the same time. I just, I don't know. Like this has just been kind of pretty, th this season has been all over the place, man. Like last week I gave uh, monsters an eight. Like we gave, like we gave last week pretty high ratings in the grand scheme of things. Um, and like the prior three weeks, I gave them like, gave it like all 6.9s. And somehow I feel like this episode is better than those three episodes, like Watcher, Fly Me to the Moon, and Two of One. Maybe. Um, I did enjoy watching this episode, but I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. Like, I don't really want to pontificate about it any, anymore. I think I'm just going to give it just a seven. I think just just a seven with this week's episode. Um, I just wish that we could have some fun with knowing what the the thing is, right? Like we were led to believe that it was like, go save Renee Picard, make sure she gets to the bunk, gets to the gala, gets into her bunkhouse, and then you know goes and flies to Jupiter. You know, like I thought that was the thing. Like we save, we save that, we save the future. No. Okay, cool. What is it then? Okay, cool. Um, we're going, we have to stop a, uh, a, a pseudo Borg queen. She's eating car parts. Okay, cool. We, we got to find her, but we don't have things. We'll figure it out. Oh, wait, we're, we're, we're going after private security now. And we have to protect the ship. We have to camp out at the ship just like we camped out at the ship at the penultimate episode of freaking season one. We had a campfire outside the La Serena on the butterfly planet or whatever that planet was called. We had a campfire. We were roasting marshmallows, the penultimate episode of season one. And we're going to be at the La Serena having another camp out on the penultimate episode of season two. Guys, I'm calling it right now. Penultimate episode, season three, camp out, La Serena. Let's go. You know, the this is really dumb, but like the funniest thing that you said in there to me, just like right now, probably because it's late at night, <laughs> the scariest thing this season, pri private security. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Gentlemen, can we just wrap this up? <laughs> we, like... I think that's it. I think that's it. Eric, let's go to the most important part of the show, the reason people listen. Yeah, you let's gave me to... a tease before we started recording, and I've been waiting. Yeah. Let's go to the Twitter poll. <whistles> All right, Eric. So this one, I'm, I'm very curious as to how you might respond to this. So... Of course, I polled the people of Twitterland, and I asked them this particular question. Who wore it better? And then I said, you know, see image in comments. So this, where'd it go? This is the image. Can you see this, Eric? I can see it, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the choices were Gerardi, six, 
or Alice. So Jurati, obviously from, you know, Picard, Six from Battlestar Galactica, and Alice from the Resident Evil movie franchise. She's got some awesome combat boots on there, too. Neil Yovich does. Yep. I can't remember what type of shoes Trisha Helfer is wearing when she's in that outfit. It might be heels. I don't know. It might be. She's already really tall. Yeah. Who wore it better? I mean, it's got to be Trisha Helfer, number six, right? Okay. That's iconic. Yeah. In, that's iconic in, in sci-fi, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah, you, I, David? Think, I think you're pretty, I, th- I think you're pretty spot on. I mean, I'm a huge Mila fan, but like, yeah, I agree. Okay. Let's go to the results, gents. So again, who wore it better of these three? Jurati, Six, or Alice? Coming in in last place with 18.2% of the vote, Alice. Okay. Coming in in second place with 27.3% of the vote, we have Jurati which means 54.5% of the vote went to six. Yeah, that's pretty overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty overwhelming indeed. <laughs> I mean, that is iconic in sci-fi, like I will yeah. say. There we go. So anyway, that's that's that, y'all. That's the show, everyone. Uh, gents, as always, thank you for, for joining and uh, having this conversation. We have two episodes left of this season. Two episodes yeah, left. I- I'm worried that that the final week we're also that's also it's going to overlap with Strange New Worlds. Yeah. And are we going to be like not excited for the finale of this because we're more excited for that? Like I'm I'm a little worried. I mean maybe it's possible. I want Strange New Worlds. I do too. I want me some monster planet of the week stuff stuff. Oh, it won't be that. It, it just like they like, promised like, us, like, that's what it is. I, we got to be realistic. We we know the score. They promised us it was Planet of the Week. That guy, you know, Spock has. A, they gave Spock a first name, right? I yes, I do know that. Okay, what? I don't know what it is, but they gave Spock a first name. What? Yeah. They gave, yeah. I mean, okay, I thought Spock was his first stupid? name because Spock and Sarek like father and son have different names so how can spock be his last name all right i'm now no longer excited about strange new worlds thank you for ruining it for me chase i appreciate it because i have to have every single detail correct (laughs) you you are you are one half of the detail guys i'm just saying Um, anyway, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next time for um, for episode nine, the second to last, or otherwise known as the penultimate episode of season two of Star Trek Picard. So we hope you'll join us as we um, venture off into the campfire um, at the Lost Arena. It's going to be great. I'll bring the s'mores. I'll bring the s'more stuff, and y'all bring the fire. It'll be great. Um, anyways, uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you want to you know let us know like what you thought of the show, we'd love to hear from you. Check us out on tiertvpod.com. 
um, the Hailing Frequencies portion of the page. You can leave a note there. Also offer up a sh show suggestion. Um, find out different ways to support the show. Uh, the main of which is, you know, tell your friends about it. We, we, we've um, loved, you know, hearing from some of y'all and the comments, the downloads, all the things that y'all do um, throughout the different parts of the world. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you for, for listening to the show. We're also on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. Uh, if you do want to send us an email directly, you can do that. Open up handling frequencies and enter in coordinates to TRTVPod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. There's a three-minute limit, so um, yeah, I don't want to go to the FBI, so be quick about it. Uh, finally, if you do want to mail us something, like, I don't know, you know, a random pin that you found on the floor that you're just going to, you know, just unceremoniously drop on a table. That's cool. Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.